Welcome into RJ Bell's Dream Preview, Major League Baseball edition. Alongside Griffin Warner, I'm Scott Seidenberg. And before we get into the Friday slate and the weekend schedule, Griffin, I want to talk about streaks. We're going streaking through the quad into the gymnasium. Who's coming with? Man, uh, I feel like not the Rangers, not, uh, I mean, the Pirates might be on the other side of that. Potentially, they're bringing their green hat, if I'm going to follow through with the, uh, the movie quotes. Yes, good job out of you. Uh, yeah, let's talk the negative streaks first, and, and that would be, the. you mentioned the Rangers. They've lost four straight games. They don't have the longest streak. That belongs to the White Sox right now, but let's talk about the Texas Rangers. What has gone wrong for them over the last 10 games or so? I don't know. I feel like they stopped playing the Royals. Uh, that's part partly the problem, but also went to Cincinnati. Yes, playing on the road is weird, but you don't have the excuse of not having a, a DH anymore. Um, now they've run and they're hosting the, the Yankees for a series, which we have a good pitching matchup there tomorrow night. Um, I don't know. I feel like some of these teams, I mean, we, we want the teams that we don't really trust to get off to good starts so then we can bet against them as they kind of find their level. Uh, unfortunately, on the Rays side of things, I thought based on their crazy run of, of offense that that might turn around. But they really did whatever they wanted with Dylan Cease tonight. So uh, that might lead into your White Sox part. Yeah, the White Sox have lost eight straight games now. And this is a team that earlier in the season we talked about how much we didn't trust. And now I, I don't know if you just blame it on the injuries or this is just not a good baseball team. I think I'd say not a good baseball team. I mean, we, we've seen it in the marketplace, seeing them like an underdog at home to the Orioles uh, earlier in the year. I mean, it hasn't been easy with their recent schedule going to Toronto and then now hosting the Rays. I mean, pretty bad back-to-back with those two two series. But um, I think we've always had questions about, I mean, the, the hype two years ago or last season was incredible. Um, and I think... Everyone felt like they came too far too fast, but didn't really fear that. They just thought, okay, they're going to be the next big thing. And they have fallen so flat, so short of expectations. I feel like I'm not sure what's been a better bet. Probably probably betting against the White Sox has outperformed the S&P 500. <laughs> probably. Uh, winning streaks now. Let's talk about the positive. The Toronto Blue Jays have won four straight games. The Baltimore Orioles... They've won just two straight, but nine of their last 10. Which of these teams has impressed you more in the American League East? I mean, I'm still really impressed by the Orioles, considering they were tanking uh, as recently as last year. Um, Still not sure they're actually trying to win this year either. They just keep finding these bullpen arms that throw 100 and give up, like, no runs at all for an entire season. I feel like uh, Cano is their new guy that's giving – uh, Bautista some some breathers and hasn't allowed a run yet and I think it was the first time he was pitching in the big leagues is this year um, I'm not really sure about the Orioles offense in general but they have a lot of talent coming up through the minors as well let's get into the schedule for Friday set up the weekend schedule as well we'll start with the Royals and the Twins Pablo Lopez against Jordan Lyles uh, Pablo Lopez who Started the season uh, on fire, but his last start against the lowly Washington Nationals was his worst start of the season. Which Pablo Lopez do we expect here on Friday? 
Uh, the good one. I, I feel like Pablo, especially early in the year, I feel like he can show that he can do it. Um, and he draws one of the worst teams in baseball. I, I feel like, honestly, part of why the Rangers got off to a great start was they played a home and away series against the Royals. I, I feel like it's exactly what you want right now, a team that can't really hit, that is not really going for it, and that's a good way to get fat and uh, make your record look good. The Orioles are at the Tigers. Grayson Rodriguez against Eduardo. Rodriguez. So which Rodriguez picks up a W? Yeah, you know, I'll pick Rodriguez in that one. Uh, and I, I feel like you win 100% of the time. It's like when you say Tigers for an LSU-Alabama game or LSU-Auburn game. Um, I'm still wondering about Grayson Rodriguez. Is he really going to deliver on what probably couldn't be bigger prospect hype than like any prospect ever before? Um, certainly this is a good chance for him against a really weak offense, but I don't really trust him yet. You got the Cubs and the Marlins, Marcus Stroman and Jesus Lazardo, two pitchers that have gotten off to a really good start. The total in this game is indicative of that at seven and a half with the Cubs, a slight minus 120 favorite. Yeah, I feel like you can't make Miami totals small enough, ultimately. I feel like that team can't hit. It's a huge ballpark, very few home runs. Not necessarily a problem for Marcus Stroman. His game is really the slider and keeping you on the ground. Um, I like Lazardo. I feel like he has... Some really good potential. Um, the Oakland A's saw it for a while, then got upset with him. And then I think when he broke his hand playing a video game, uh, that was the last straw, uh, punching the table or a wall or something like that. Traded in Miami, they've added a, a changeup, but he still just loves throwing this high-velocity fastball that gets hit pretty hard. So uh, I'm looking at the Cubs. I was kind of hoping that there might be a little bit of a love for a Miami start to the season. It's been, I think, better than expected. Um, though the Cubs have kind of done the same thing, have a huge fan base and huge betting base, I think. So uh, probably deserve slight favorite, the Cubs on the road there. That's the way I'd lean, but but lean under, if anything. Pirates are at the Nationals. Rich Hill and Chad Cool. Pittsburgh minus 130 with a total of nine. And Nationals, they've been hitting the baseball lately. I don't necessarily hate an over here. Yeah, keep keep playing well, Nats. I really look forward to uh, getting the full Natitude. Everyone falling in love with the underdog story and then trying to bet against them as much as possible. The problem is if they're a minus one thirty, excuse me, if Pittsburgh's a minus one thirty favorite on the road at Washington, we're not going to see the Nats favorite probably this year. Absolutely, uh, this one jumps out to me, and I think I'm going to take the dog here. The Blue Jays have won four straight games. They're playing good baseball. But the Mariners send Luis Castillo to the mound against Alec Manoa. Manoa coming off his best start of the season when he held the Yankees to just two hits over seven innings. But Luis Castillo has been arguably one of the best pitchers in baseball through the first couple of starts. I don't mind taking the Mariners here as road dogs. I mean, you you can have Zach Gallon. I'll probably take Luis Castillo as my best pitcher in baseball right now. Um, I feel like his team is good. The bullpen's good behind him. Um, do we trust Manoa? I, I feel like I'm not sure if you watched his last start against the Yanks. It, it was early, so I didn't catch it. Um, I know the numbers were great. He was doing with uh, Garrett Cole, but I gotta say this Yankee lineup is not as strong as it has mm-hmm. been in the past. It's not like the murderers row you're expecting. Um, Bronx Bombers, I guess, but like I, it doesn't seem to me like a, a, a good outing against the Yankees, who he's done very well against, I feel like, in his career without having the numbers in front of me. I just know that he's won as a dog a bunch of times in the Bronx. Um, I, I don't know that I tr- – especially after what we saw the start before that, I think against the Rays, 
and seeing how wild he was. Like, I don't know if one good outing against probably an overrated lineup says that much to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a little nervous maybe about Seattle trying to match up with Toronto in that lineup type of situation because the Jays hit a lot better. But, I mean, if Manoa's going to put guys on base, like, and, and I feel like anytime you get a plus money number on Luis Castillo, it's worth it. Yep, uh, that's where I'm leaning right now. The Braves and the Mets begin a series in Queens. Max Freed against David Peterson, Atlanta minus 140. And I think this is an accurate line. Atlanta should be favored in this matchup. Yeah, I think they should be. Um, I think Peterson has been an innings eater so far this year, but like going six innings and giving up five earned runs doesn't really do a lot for your ERA, whip, all those sort of things. It doesn't really put you in a good position to win games, though they somehow have done it. I think the, the biggest one was an upset win at the Dodgers. But I don't think you can expect Free to give up more than a quality start here, maybe if he gets tattooed, but those those days are rare. So um, I was hoping to get the Braves cheaper, but didn't really happen, and I think it's for good reason because Peterson has not been very good so far. Shane Bieber and Nick Pavetta will battle when the Guardians take on the Red Sox at Fenway. Cleveland minus 140. Big, big price for a Guardians lineup going on the road. Yeah. I'm trying to support that. But, I mean, I don't really think there's anything I want to do with the Red Sox right now. I really just want to be against them as much as I can. Um, this kind of worries me for the rest of the series that potentially there's not going to be much value on. I mean, I'm really looking at Logan Allen on Sunday. But um, Zach Plesak's pretty hard to back. But the Red Sox, I feel like they're a bad team. Uh, they're still rated like a good one. Their bullpen's awful. And I think their lineup's a lot weaker than you'd think of with a Red Sox team that probably will score more runs at Fenway because of the park than anything. The Rays are at the White Sox, continuing that series. Zach Eflin against Lucas Giolito. Tampa minus 155. And we mentioned the, the losing streak for the White Sox. It's, it's, it's Tampa or nothing for me. I mean, I'm just disappointed that Lucas Giolito is not a big favorite anymore. That was a cash cow, uh, like literally – put on a blindfold to swing a bat at a pinata. Um, unfortunately, I feel like those days are gone. Um, if Dylan sees is going to get rocked, they're going to give up 14 runs or whatever it ended up turning out into today. I don't have much faith in Giolito or Lynn on Sunday either. No, you can't. Uh, moving on, the Yankees take on the Rangers, and Texas is minus 205 with Jacob deGrom on the hill against Clark Schmidt. And before you say, well, the Yankees at this price, blah, 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 Texas hasn't looked good. I don't know if Aaron Judge is going to be in the lineup tomorrow. Uh, Left the game with a little hip discomfort. The Yankees are staring in the face of, like, what, 16 straight games without an off day. It wouldn't surprise me against Jacob deGrom to see Aaron Judge get the night off uh, here on Friday night. And I think deGrom and and the Rangers... Might be the right side or, or go for an under in the first five. I mean, I know you can't trust Clark Schmidt, but I don't know if the Yankees are going to score off DeGrom, especially if Judge is not in the lineup. That is uh, insight you come to the uh, RJ Bell's Dream Preview MLB edition. Uh, that's what you come here for because lineup speculation is a big deal in this sport. That will, I mean, other than Mike Trout, I think Aaron Judge is probably the biggest uh, line mover out there. Maybe Otani instead of Trout or, or some combination of those two. Uh, but Honestly, Judge might be bigger because he's more meaningful to that Yankee lineup. I mean, seeing DJ LeMahieu hit cleanup tonight was hilarious. He did homer, so uh, maybe jokes on me. But uh, yeah, I feel like the Yankees lineup's not as strong. I actually feel like, despite not being the Yankee fan on this podcast, I have a lot more faith in Clark Schmidt than I guess the uh, the Yankee fan next to me does. Um, I feel like he's got great K numbers. 
kind of had a slow start to the year, but had a really good outing his last start. Um, probably won't go very deep in the game. They saw We saw Michael King close it out with like two-plus innings tonight. Uh, but that should save a bullpen and leave them pretty well rested for what to me still feels like a really overrated Rangers team when they start Jacob deGrom based on that price. So how about a first five under? I mean, I don't I don't dislike it at all. I feel like um, the Yankees lineup, I feel like, is is scary to go under with. But ultimately, maybe it's not if it's like, what are we looking at? Like Volpe and then who hits second? Do we move Rizzo up to second? Rizzo just climbs one spot in the order. I mean, just looking at the bottom of this lineup, Peraza, who looks like he's like mistiming. Yeah, Will, Willie like Calhoun. Yeah, I mean, Willie Calhoun, the, the ghost of the Willie Franchi Calhoun. Franchi Cordero. I mean, yeah, I, it's, maybe this is why the Yankees have been really, really short favorites or even underdogs, big underdogs like they were to Kevin Gosman at home last weekend. Yeah, the lineup's just not good right now. Uh, the Angels take on the Brewers, and we'll see Wade Miley on the hill against Tyler Anderson and the Brew Crew, minus 145 with a total of nine. I think it's too big of a price for me to back Wade Miley. He's been off to a great start, and I believe it because he's one of those guys that just somehow gets weak contact. Uh, Tyler Anderson signed a big deal, and what a surprise. The Angels signed a bad guy that's really not living up to anything. I feel like once you leave leave the the cocoon of the Los Angeles Dodgers and, and go up the freeway or whatever to Anaheim. Um, it's all, you lose all that analytics, you lose all that intelligence in a front office. And, and now it's Tyler Anderson saying, good luck, go figure out if you if you're the Rockies, Tyler Anderson or the Dodgers. And it's unfortunately it's looking like the Rockies won so far. The Astros take on the Phillies in Houston and the Strohs minus 155 with a total of seven and a half. Fran Valdez against Aaron Nola in this one. Uh, Eileen Houston, this uh, Valdez is a better pitcher right now than Aaron Nola. I, I think he always is. Uh, <laughs> Fromber like doesn't really throw strikes, but somehow doesn't walk people. It's amazing what he does. Um, I Aaron Nola is a big favorite of something I used to love to be against. I, I just feel like. We are paying such a, a price. I mean, not that we're betting it necessarily every game here, but the favorites are coming out like really hot, like really, really big, big numbers. On the road, doesn't seem to matter too much. I, I feel like it's just going to force me this year to bet the, the worst teams in the world, and I, I'm sure I'm going to lose hair over it. Yeah. Uh, moving on, the Diamondbacks at the Rockies. Merrill Kelly, Kyle Freeland, Arizona minus 135 for uh, one of the more surprising teams of the season this year. Uh, you're not talking about the uh, Colorado Rockies as a surprise no. team, are you? No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, an- another example, like Arizona's a gigantic favorite in Coors Field. I mean, yes, they are leading the NL West, but I feel like that's a lot because the rest of the NL West have been really struggling to start the year. Um, I mean, Kyle Freeland, uh, I don't think he's the Cy Young Kyle Freeland of like 2017. So I was looking to go against him, but Merrill Kelly's not exactly the – the most comforting type of number or guy to lay that type of number with on the road. But I think it's D-backs because they're actually trying or nothing for me. Luis Sessa takes on Kyle Muller as the Reds do battle with the A's in Oakland. And the A's surprised me against the Angels. Their offense actually came to life. Um, not, I mean, Luis Sessa's been okay, but am I crazy for saying that the A's might be live here or that an over might be in play? I mean, I think the, the the Reds are like the other worst team in baseball. It feels like I mean, the A's are so, so well. The far Reds, away the Reds that. are the something's got to give here because the Reds are one in nine on the road, but the A's are two in ten at home. 
All I know is I'm canceling. Uh, I'm supposed to have a, an in-town bachelor party tomorrow night. I'm going to cancel it to stay home to watch this uh, slobber knocker in Smart. Oakland, Cincinnati at Oakland, just to really, just to really feel like I've I've done my service to the MLB pod. Luis Sessa with a 10.8 ERA. Kyle Muller with a 7.23 ERA in that one. <laughs> Uh, the Cardinals and the Dodgers. The Cardinals finally get off the schneid and pick up a win. Jack Flaherty will take the mound against Dustin May for the Dodgers. Dodgers minus 145, total of eight and a half. And you know what's so confusing about this Cardinals team, Griffin, is that analytically, their offensive numbers are good. Like, they should be scoring more runs than they actually are, and they should be winning more games than they actually are. This could be one of those like buy low situations just because if they play to the back of their baseball card, they're going to string together a bunch of wins. I mean, that's a long way to play it out, I guess. But I mean, what are they, the 2019 version or the 2023 version of the Washington Nationals that were a really good team that fell behind and, and really had to go on a big run, just even make a wild card and then got hot and won the whole thing. I, I remember that team very, very fondly because I had backed them right as the playoffs started to win the World Series. I thought it was worth the flyer, and never did I think it actually would have been, but it was, and it was awesome. And I'm looking for that team again. Is it the St. Louis Cardinals? I'm not sure. I mean, their bullpen's way better than it should be. I mean, they gave away one of those games in San Francisco, um, but they're at the bottom of, the, of a pretty bad NL Central, and that does mean something to me. This is a really long road trip, having to go to Seattle, which was tough for them then to San Francisco. Now they end with the Dodgers before they go home. I feel like there's some heavy legs in there. Uh, who knows what's going on with sending down Jordan Walker as well. Um, I'm just, I'm not sure I be- I ever believed in St. Louis having this great lineup um, coming into the year. And the pitching really hasn't been there. Still starting Steven Matz. I don't know why anyone's doing that at this point. Um, Jack Flaherty, you know, has some really good numbers this year at times with like no swinging strikes at all in the start. I think he had two in a pretty good outing recently. Uh, he's struggled coming back from injury. I don't know. There's a lot of balls in the air right now, St. Louis, and, and I'm not sure that I really like them, but I, the Dodgers haven't looked great either. I'll, I'll admit Saturday. It's Patrick Corbin day. So we'll go with a pirates first five team total over. Uh, it should be two and a half and Patrick Corbin's given up at least three runs in Every single one of his starts, so that should be a, a good win there. Also on Saturday, you have uh, Sonny Gray against the Royals, so they'll be overwhelming favorites, but Sonny Gray has looked like the best pitcher in the American League right now. And Spencer Strider goes trying to follow up that almost perfect game performance. Uh, he takes on the Mets on Saturday. Look for a Spencer Strider strikeout prop. The Mets do strike out a bunch, so... That would be something to look for on Saturday. On Sunday, Chris Sale against Logan Allen for the Red Sox Guardians. I know the Guardians offense hasn't looked good, but uh, I just like fading Chris Sale. I mean, Logan Allen looked pretty good making his Major League debut. I mean, it's on my list. I'm afraid based on this Bieber number, though, that we might see the Guardians favored on the road. Mm. Um, Mm. That might be a little bit of a stretch for me, but... I mean, I really like the Guardians. They, they're never going to really outslug you for sure, but they have a – I mean, if they get a lead and they get it to the bullpen, you're not going to beat them. Yeah. Uh, I also look for um, Sunday night baseball, Astros hosting the Phillies, Bailey Falter, Jose Urquidy kind of look uh, – seems like an over uh, game. Ooh, let me ask you your thoughts on this. Okay. Starting on Saturday – we will have a uh, two-game series.
between the Giants and the Padres in Mexico City. Now, thin air, much like oh, yeah. Colorado, oh, yeah. but worse, higher, worse, higher worse. than Colorado. Yeah, yeah. I understand. I mean, I, I'm I'm assuming that they're going to be using humidors, uh, right, to take care of the baseballs. Must they must be? Yes. But I, if the books don't listen, they they probably will hang like a 14 on the board or a 12 and a half or something for a total. But I think we gotta go over in both of these games in Mexico City. I mean, that's be the way I lean. I, I do wonder how. I mean, how. I wonder how how long it is to get to the wall. Like, are we are we looking at like four twenty to left field, not just to center type thing? Um, I, I'm sure there's okay. So it looks like uh, center field averages four oh four in MLB parks. It would require a four thirty two to be on the same type of level. Uh, I guess. I, I don't well, know. I'm seeing probably here. Up to the stadium is uh, it's home to the Mexican league's Diablos Rojos del Mexico. Uh, uh, the they, Devil. they hosted the Padres in an exhibition game on March 23rd, 2019. Padres won that game 11 to two. Um, I'm seeing here. Hmm. The Alfredo Harpelu Stadium is only 325 Four, feet down both lines. 400, 400, 400 yeah, 400 to center, 325 down the lines. Jeez. And I mean, 2,000 2, feet higher than Coors Field. It's got to, I mean, it's, 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 no matter what they put this as, you got to go over. Also, and I feel like, remember, know, remember, remember when the Yankees and Red Sox played in London and it was just, a, the ball was just flying out of the ballpark? Yeah. This is this is going to be a way to, uh, you know, I feel like with all these games, the Field of Dreams games, the London games, now Mexico City games, we're going to see a lot of runs. I mean, we might. And and I got to say, I know that humidity is really good for how far a baseball or golf ball will fly with uh, all the, the smog in the air in Mexico City and at that type of height. You know, the ball, we might be playing with like a, a, a I don't even know what type of ball to call it, but. It might be that that playoff ball from the COVID years where literally pop flies the center field. We're going 40 rows into center field and the center fielders were looking around expecting to catch a ball right near the infield. And it was all the way outside of the entire Dodger stadium. So yeah. I expect runs. Um, I'm going to I mean, I don't know how many people use this podcast for DFS, probably for pitchers. So it probably wouldn't be a bad idea, uh, but you might want to. Do some stacks with some Dodgers and Padres and see if you can win yourself some some millimakers or something like that. That's not a bad idea, taking a look at uh, how much offense will be scored on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, before we give out some best bets, you want to tell the people how they can save money at pregame.com? I would love to. Use the promo code ERA20 because we're really big on having a low ERA. At least our pitchers are, um, especially if we're going under, which we – I might be giving out an under as my best bet on this podcast unless you're trying to steal it from me, Scott. Um, but use your co- promo code ERA20, E-R-A-20. Get 20% off for listeners of MLB podcast only. Only the good people that are listening to us. Uh, good for seven days from the podcast release, but don't wait. We both got picks coming out this weekend. Baseball stuff. I got soccer. Scott's got plenty of other sports he's covering. Uh, make sure you get on there. Plenty of other great handicappers for pregame.com. Use the promo code ERA20. And we get some credit for it. So I'm actually going to kind of follow along with my, my guy, co-host over here, 
if Judge sits out of this game, if he doesn't even, I'm still very interested in under. I think Clark Schmidt can do a really nice job of, of hanging around with Jacob DeGrom. Number should probably be three and a half or four on a first half under on the Yankees visiting the Texas Rangers. I'll believe in De- Jacob DeGrom. I don't really, I think there's also a good chance here for the Yankees to win this game uh, or hang in with like a, a run line type of number plus a one and a half. Um, so I'm all about a low scoring game in Arlington tomorrow night. Make that my best bet. And I've won three in a row, so this is for number four. Uh, I'm going with a bounce-back performance from Pablo Lopez and the Minnesota Twins. Uh, I'll lay the half a run in the first five innings against the Kansas City Royals and Jordan Lyles. Uh, I believe that the Twins should and will have a lead after five innings, and I, I, I believe so much in Pablo Lopez that I'm also going to take the first five-inning team total for the Kansas City Royals under one and a half runs because I don't think that Lopez gives up more than one run. Uh, I watched, uh, I, I made this same bet with my dude Zach Gallen who mowed down this lineup and didn't allow a run, not just through the first five innings, but even beyond. And the Royals managed just one run on three hits yesterday. They got that one run in the fourth inning. So Tyler Molly did a good job with four innings, just two hits and one run allowed. And if you are curious, the Kansas City Royals right now are the second lowest scoring team in Major League Baseball in the first five innings of a game, averaging just 1.64 runs. So give me under one and a half runs in the first five innings for the Kansas City Royals and a correlated bet, Minnesota Twins minus a half a run in the first five innings. I mean, it's a little skinny for me, but looking at these these Kansas City Royals who actually like sleeping in hotel rooms more than their home stadium. One in 12 starting the year at home. Uh, I wonder if they're starting to think maybe uh, maybe we should go back down to the minors. <laughs> well, be sure to follow along uh, with the podcast and uh, head to pregame.com. Use that promo code ERA. What is it? ERA20? ERA20, baby. ERA20. Maybe we'll get like a FIP20 for the next podcast or something like that. Ooh, ooh, I like it. We're just going like to go pitching stats. He's Griffin Warner. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Uh, if you're not following the RJ Bell Dream Preview Podcast feed, Do it. be sure to click follow and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. We'll talk to you next time here on RJ Bell's Dream Preview, Major League Baseball Edition.